We are back. We've got some more season reviews today. We are talking about a couple of monsters that made their NHL debuts this season. We're going to be talking today about Billy Sweezy and Samuel Knazko on Locked on Blue Jackets. Your Locked on Blue Jackets, your daily podcast on the Columbus Blue Jackets, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Blue Jackets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am, as always, your host, Jay Foster. With you, uh, with me, even, is my co-host, Hayden Hanson. And uh, we want to give you guys a big shout out. Uh, we want to thank you for making us your first listen of the day every single day. Locked On Blue Jackets continues to be free and available on all podcast platforms, over on YouTube and on SiriusXM. Continuing with our season reviews today, uh, and we've got a couple of guys here who, between them, only played, I think, 11 NHL games this season, uh, but they were big pieces in the monster season, and uh, when I first started all of these season reviews, like, four months ago, I was like, I'm going to do every single player that put on a Blue Jackets jersey this season, forgetting that it was literally 48 players. So, let's, uh, let's kick things off with... Uh, Billy Sweezy. I am a big fan of Billy Sweezy's game. Um, I'm going to start off. I reached out to my friend, Dean Weinheimer, who uh, covers the Cleveland Monsters, formerly for uh, Field Pass Hockey. She is a free agent at the minute. She's working on something new, uh, but no one knows the Monsters like Dina does. So uh, I was like, hey, what's your elevator pitch on Billy Sweezy? Um, And she said this. Uh, I could talk forever about Billy Sweezy. He's a guy you absolutely 100% without a doubt want on your team. While he doesn't line up the scoreboard, he's nothing but consistent. How does 11 points for each of the last two seasons sound? He had a much better points per game uh, rate this season, but I digress. What Billy Sweezy brings is a solid defensive presence. He protects his teammates. He clears the crease so his goalie can work. He's a super efficient police officer on the ice. Uh, His leadership is impeccable. This season, it really took leaps, as you saw, both young and experienced players leaning on him for support and direction on the ice. It's no secret that this season season for Cleveland was just a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad year. But Sweezy made it just a little bit better. Plus, he's super nice and super smart. What more can you say? Um, in doing my research for for this episode, I did remember that Billy Sweezy went to Yale, which is a like I know that Yale's got a pretty good hockey team, but it does still make me laugh when hockey players go to like these Ivy League colleges. Um, Hayden. How do you feel about Billy Sweezy and his NHL debut? I think it's fair to say he was not an expected name for that we were for us to hear in terms of call ups and making NHL debuts this season. But uh, how do you how do you feel about that? I can tell you right now, Billy Sweezy was also not bad when he played in Columbus. Like that's pretty good. I feel like just any guy that just comes in and uh, is getting to play NHL games for his first time for a fan's reaction to be, oh, that guy was not bad, is pretty good. So now now doing a deep dive into what Billy Sweezy did last year with the Blue Jackets in just nine games, I would also describe him as, oh, this player looks like he played pretty smart, you know, kept the penalty minutes down. He had a good plus minus for a bad team, a tanking team. He had a really good plus minus, only minus three. That's kind of what I'd like to shoot today in the nine holes I'm going to play later. But uh, yeah, he's he he is what you just read there. Exactly that type of player I I got from the nine games that we watched of him this year. I think 
you are totally it's totally acceptable for you to love this guy. It's totally acceptable for any fan to love this guy. The question is, is who is this guy? Is this guy a full-time player? Is he a, uh, a player that just needs to be kind of like a Scott Harrington? Like you mentioned the other day, we need, we need a new Scott Harrington, a guy that we can just pull in and maybe play 15, 20 games a year, whenever a guy's hurt. Could he be that? I don't know. I don't know what Billy Sweezy is, but through nine games, I can tell you, I really like what I see. Yeah, for sure. To me, Billy Sweezy is never going to be a guy that is going to be a full-time NHLer, I don't think. Um, he's undrafted, played, I think, five seasons at, uh, pardon me, four seasons at Yale, and then uh, had a quick stint in the Penguins organization before landing with the Monsters last uh, two seasons ago. Um, something important uh, about Billy Sweezy and something that I feel like is uh, important to note in this organization specifically is uh, he's durable. Uh, he was the leading, uh, he was the, the the defenseman that played the most games for the Monsters this season. He played 56 of, uh, I believe, 72 games in total. Uh, that's good for eighth on the team. Yeah, he only had 11 points, but... I don't know, man. I just, I like Billy Sweezy's game a lot. I don't know that it's going to translate to the NHL necessarily, but if he ends up as like a third pairing defenseman somewhere down the way, I would not be surprised even a little bit by that. I think, I think a smart hockey brain can translate anywhere. It's just a matter of will the, his physical abilities come along with him. I don't know. I feel like in in games that I saw, especially just a game I was watching recently of his from this past year when the Blue Jackets played in Boston, he had like 50 family members show up for that one. And he even threw gloves with a guy. I believe That's it was what I was Jake. looking up. I was just trying to figure out what that major penalty was for. He had nine penalty minutes and I was like, oh, there's a there's a major in there. Um, he fought Jacobs Borrell, I believe, which uh, is not not an easy customer to uh to throw down with but whoever he was fighting he was the announcer's nephew he was fighting the announcer's nephew in the clip oh, that i watched funny. and his his guys like the the guy calling the games like oh, i'm so proud of him down there and billy sweezy's just feeding him rights and i'm like oh it was, jacob, it was jacob lauco excuse me not yeah. i got the wrong the wrong jacob but uh yeah billy sweezy i think he he showed himself well in limited minutes where the blue jackets were in a situation where it was like hey we have like one healthy defenseman. Let's just call up a bunch of monsters and see who, and see who does well. Um, and I think Billy Sweezy did, did pretty well. Um, I don't think he was super noticeable necessarily, but I don't think he plays the kind of game that's super noticeable. You know, I feel like he has one of those. Unless he's you know throwing gloves, um, I feel like he's one of those guys that you only notice when he's out of position. You know, and. Uh, the fact that we didn't notice him, I think, probably says probably says a lot. Yeah, yeah. No, I didn't notice. I never noticed when he was out of position. And in fact, I felt like he was doing a lot like what I was asking of Andrew Peake for homework in my Andrew Peake review. I, I wanted him to be more disruptive in this upcoming year. I felt like Billy Sweezy came in and he decided, you know what? I know I'm not going to be the fastest skater out there. I know I'm not going to be the most gifted hockey player out there but i'm gonna 
try to be the most disruptive version of Billy Sweezy I can be. And I feel like that's what he did. And he also kept it within the lines and didn't have a lot of penalty minutes. That, to me, in just a nine-game stint, is just worth somebody on the Blue Jackets, somebody in the coaching staff pointing at that and being like, let's see what's up, what else is there. There there could be something else there. And I'm very interested to see what's going to happen um, this year for him. Yeah, like when sure. he let's, uh, let's go out some grades on, on Billy Sweezy. Um, I'm going to go ahead and give him... I'm going to give him a C plus B minus. I think a, a strong C plus low B minus. Um, I think he had limited minutes and I think he did the best he could with those minutes. Um, and I also think that, like I said, I'm always thrilled when an undrafted player makes it to the NHL. You know, he's not too old that it's, you know, he's not going to learn. He's 27. Um, so, you know, he's kind of, around about that age where I want to start seeing uh, at least some NHL experience from him, even if it is, you know, these nine games. But I I feel I feel pretty happy about um about Billy Sweezy's NHL debut. I don't know that we'll see a lot of him next season, uh hopefully because the Blue Jackets, knock on wood, will be ex- uh, pretty healthy next season. But if they end up calling Billy Sweezy back up, I'm not I'm not gonna be bad about it. No, I'm not going to be mad about it at all. In fact, I really, really liked what I saw out of him this year. I think he's a player overall who plays pretty hard on the boards. I think he plays pretty hard in the crease. I think he is very – like when you were reading that um, excerpt there, um, when you said that he's a sheriff on the ice, I feel like that's what he tries to be, which is awesome. Like a guy that's just going to protect the goalie in front of him, and he's going to try to win the puck back immediately. I like a player that plays like that, and I like a player that's willing to, to fight given the at under least the right is like the perfect player for you. Like, yes, yes <laughs> I, he is. I, I was thinking, as I was thinking about it, I was like, oh yeah, this is this is definitely going to be one of Hayden's guys next season. Like, he is one of my guys. He is one of my guys, and I I have him at a B for this past year. Um, I I would like a little bit more offense, but I think for a guy who just is undrafted and got thrown into a, a sinking ship, if you will, and ended up treading water pretty nicely for what he was asked to do. I think a B is, is, is fine with me. Um, if I had to give him homework, I would, I'd like, I'd like him to put more shots on goal. He only had three shots this past year. And I feel like for a guy who's playing 10 to 15 minutes a game, I know that's not a ton of time, but just throw some more pucks on net, you know, like, just see what you, good things happen when you throw pucks on that. So that's my homework for him. But yeah, B for this past year for Sweezy. Yeah, that feels that feels about right. Um, in a minute, we're going to go ahead. We're going to talk about another player who made his Blue Jackets debut this season, but has kind of been holding things down for the Monsters. Uh, that's coming up in just a second on Locked On Blue Jackets. First, though, I'm going to tell you about FanDuel. Go ahead and take your first swing at betting the MLB on FanDuel. Get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets, up to $200. That's right. All you're going to do is bet 20 bucks, and you are going to land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. It's 200 bucks. You can spend betting everything from the money line to the over-under to who you think is going to hit the first home run. All in an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you're going to get paid 
instantly. You don't have to wait around for the deposit to process. You can just get it like that. There's no better place to bet on MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Get up to $200 in bonus bets. Once again, that is FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, the official partner of Major League Baseball. Uh, and also us, the Locked On Podcast Network. Okay, so uh, another guy that made his NHL debut this season uh, is a dude called Samuel Knazko, who was a former third-round pick, uh, played a season with the Seattle Thunderbirds, had 20 points in 27 games as a defenseman. Uh, then it fell off a little bit in the playoffs. He only had six points in 25 games, but I believe he won the Memorial Cup with the Thunderbirds that year. So it's a pretty good pretty good uh, trophy to put on your resume. Uh, then came over to uh, professional hockey, had 21 points in 50 games for the Cleveland Monsters, made his NHL debut, uh, went pointless in those two games. Uh, I'm going to give you another little uh, thing from Dina about uh, Knazko. Uh, she says that he's a bit polarizing. Uh, this past season, you could see flashes of, of a defenseman that could expertly quarterback a power play and be an offensive weapon at five on five, but he was a rookie and it showed. I'm not concerned about his skating. It's dang near elite, especially on his edges. He can transition and change directions so smoothly. It's just getting used to North American ice and style. Uh, I just hope that he sticks out a super crowded and uh, talented defensive lineup throughout the organization. He has the potential to be great. He just needs to be patient with himself and learn the ways of North American pro hockey. Um, yeah, that's basically kind of, he was a guy that, again, I didn't get to watch as much of the Monsters as I would like to. This season, um, there's only so many hours in the day, you know. Um, I liked what I saw in limited minutes, um, but I wanted more. Um, and, you know, like he was, he's a rookie, he's 20 years old. He's not, you know, David Yerachek. He's not going to be that guy. But I thought, I thought, considering the Blue Jackets uh, and the Monsters were both super injured and not very good this season, I thought he had a fine rookie season. I don't know what you think about that, Hayden. Yeah, I mean, he only played two games in Columbus this past year, and I honestly, he was a ghost in those games. I didn't really notice him a whole ton, so I guess we're more looking at what he did in Cleveland this past year. And what you just described as a, a from Dina there, a player that's, good on the power play and is going to be a facilitator. I, I don't know what word you use to a quarterback on the power play, maybe, but that that's who he is. Like he really, really thrives in that type of a position. And that's, that can be very, very explosive. And the jackets can really, the jackets have done a lot with players like that, obviously turning Zach Wierenski into what he is. And um, now acquiring guys like Provorov and Severson, like these guys are puck moving defensemen that I think, Nasco, if under the right circumstance in training camp and in practice, maybe he can he can pick and pull from those guys a little bit. And he looked really good with David Yurchek last year. Mm -hmm. Looks like there's an an instant uh, some instant chemistry there. Um, but for a third round pick in 2020, I'm I'm pretty kind of okay with what he is so far. He I don't know what his defense looks like necessarily, but I can tell you just from the offensive side and from looking at his plus minus. He that his plus minus could get better, by the way. But um, I mean, so, good, his, so good everyone in this organization, top to yeah. bottom. You know, I don't know if anyone had good plus minus this season. 
No, no, nobody does. But like, I just feel like I don't know about for you, Jay, but from watching what this guy did on the power play this past year in Cleveland, I feel like it's worth taking a look at. I mean, he had one goal and 20 apples like he was doing something. He had 20 assists. So and we know he has a pretty good shot. I remember I, I first noticed him on a goal that he scored in Traverse City where I was like, whoa, this man just f- took the puck, flew down to the high slot and just ripped it top cheese past the goalie like that's what I want to see but I feel like he's a good passer that's that's almost like you you have to notice that yeah what I what I want from from Knazko is not necessarily um to turn up and be ready to be to fight for an NHL spot this October um I think you can afford to take some more time with him um and you know we've seen it before with defensemen defensemen take a little longer to finish baking than than forwards do um the blue line's kind of crowded at the minute. What I want for Kanazko is for him to take a bit a step forward with the monsters. Um, he was, let me just pull this up. Uh, I, in terms of defensemen, he was third on the team in scoring uh, this season, um, just in terms of defensemen. Uh, and I believe in terms of uh, rookies overall, he was also third on the team. Yeah. So, you know, outscored in both aspects by David Juracek. But yep, like you said, I thought he had great chemistry with Juracek. Um, and I'm excited to see what this kid does after a year of kind of continuing to mature, putting probably a little bit of, a little bit of weight on. Um, he's six foot one. He's only 190 pounds. So I'd want him to kind of fill out a little bit, I think. Uh, but yeah, for the most part, just kind of keep doing what he's doing. Um, what's your, what's your grade for, for Kinesco? Yeah, and you're absolutely right there. Just to jump off of what something you said there at the beginning, the Blue Jackets do have more time with this guy. He's only 20 years old. So, yeah, there's there's plenty. I believe I saw that 20. So, like, or maybe he might be 22. I don't know. But the difference is, like, Billy Sweezy's 27. So it's a little bit more urgency with the player like that. But for Nashco, I believe, and also when I was trying to get the correct pronunciation, I heard him say, like, with his accent, like, almost like a Nashco, which I was like, ooh, Nash. I like that. <laughs> I was like, I like I like anybody that has Nash in their name a little bit. But, um, yeah, maybe maybe he will turn into Rick Nash of the defense. I don't know. Um, that would be something. That would be absolutely something. But, yeah, for this past year with Cleveland, I mean, I think I didn't I, – I liked the connection he had with Juracek. I – I like what he did on the power play, but I still feel like you said he needs to pour, put more weight on. I think he also just needs to give me more meat on the bone just in terms of his resume. Like I need to see more from him. Just either stick out to me on defense more or just do something to add to your game. You can't just be a really good passer and just be a quarterback of the offense. Like You need to have a good five-on-five five game. But I will say that five-on-four game, definitely worth – somebody uh taking a look at a closer look at that and giving him some man up opportunities either the same opportunities he's getting in cleveland or if he ever has to fill in as a blue jacket again give him uh power play opportunities but for this past year jay i'm just gonna give him a c for nashco just as just a c i'm feeling like no plus or minuses today just just a c for nashco straight up c i'm gonna go the same uh, like, I agree with Gina. I think you need more consistency from him. Um, but that's something that's going to come with time. You know, he's a 20-year-old rookie playing in the AHL, which is one of the best leagues in the world. You know? Um, 
I'm not worried about about Kamasko. If he was, you know, like I said, if he was 27 and still making these mistakes and still showing his inconsistency, then I'd be concerned. But for a guy playing in his first pro hockey season, um, I feel I feel fine about that. I'm just going to fact check myself there. Um, yeah, so he played. Yeah, he played under 20s in Finland. Um, and then under twenties and under eighteens in Slovakia. So yeah, no, no pro experience. I'm I'm fine with giving Kazko some time to finish developing. Um, it's not it's not urgent. And maybe you get a fully formed NHL defenseman at twenty four when you know there's a little bit more room on the blue line, for example. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and say C as well. Um, and then I thought we'd finish off this episode uh, by just kind of talking. <clears throat> excuse me, just by talking a little bit about the Monsters in general next season, because I feel like they are going to lose some people and also gain some people. So uh, we're going to talk about that in just a second here on Locked on Blue Jackets. Okay, the Monsters. So I, I discovered this as well while I was doing some prep for for the season, again, talking to Dina. Uh, the Blue Jackets used 48 bodies this season. The Cleveland Monsters used 49 players because they struggled with their own injuries and they had to deal with constantly getting their players called up by Columbus. Um, I'm just going to find the breakdown. 27 forwards, 16 defensemen, and six goalies. And one of their defensemen, Dylan Simpson, uh, actually had to skate as a forward multiple times because they just they had no they had no bodies. So my big thing for the Monsters kind of coming up into next season is I think one, hopefully they stay healthy and hopefully the Blue Jackets stay healthy as well, because that's kind of the trouble with your, with an AHL team, I feel like, is you're kind of beholden to what the, the parent club is doing. You know, if the Blue Jackets have an injury, they're going to call someone up. If they feel if they like what some guy's doing, they're going to call them up. You know, you never really get a chance to settle into a rhythm. Um, but I feel pretty good about the Monsters next season. Um, if only because they will get a bunch of dudes back. Like, they're probably going to get Tim Burney uh, back. Marcus Bjork finished the season there, I think. Um, they might get David Juracek back for another season, although I, uh, I doubt it. I think that would be a mistake. They are going to get back a lot of their kind of top-end talent, which I think is if you're a Monsters fan, super exciting. Yeah, and I am a Monsters fan. So um, I'm going to go to a lot more Monsters games this year. I'll tell you that for sure. Because just the vibes in Cleveland are just great right now. I mean, sports gambling's legal. Um, you know, I yeah, that's all I can say. You that's know? all we got. Awesome. The, the thing about yeah. AHL hockey rules is the thing. Uh, because it takes itself way less seriously than NHL hockey. But... It's also a bunch of kids that are trying to prove themselves, you know? So everyone's trying super hard, but also sometimes if you're in Chicago, there's a giant inflatable wolf on the ice. Um, that's not hyperbole. That's a thing that happens at Chicago Wolves game. It rules. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, I think AHL hockey is super fun. And I think, the vi- like you said, the vibes in Cleveland are real good right now. Um, I This might be a hot take. The Monsters haven't taken part in the playoffs i think for the last three seasons 
I feel like if all goes well for them this season, they should be challenging for the top of the North Division. Hey, they were 500 last year. They were, they were, I think, 33-32 and sprinkle some overtime losses in there. So they need to get over that hump, but at least they kept the ship afloat. As you said, they had 49 players wear, 49 different players wear a Monsters uniform last year, which is just crazy. Um, I'm really glad they got to play in that outdoor game. That was a really cool experience for them. And I'm glad that they did play in that outdoor game because the jerseys that they made are now sick new full-time jerseys. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to catch a lot more Monsters games this year. I can tell you that for sure. Um, it's I, I don't want them to have their leading point scorer, Trey fix Wolanski. I don't want them to have him. I would like him to be in Columbus next year. But if for some reason he is sent back down to Cleveland, then, yeah, they're going to have a heck of a team down there because that guy's an energizer bunny on the ice, and uh, he's worth the ticket alone, I think. And even if they lose a guy like fix Wolanski, if they lose a David Juracek, they've got some talent coming in. Luca Del Balbalouz. I believe it's going to be a monster this season. James Malatesta is going to be a monster this season. Like it's it's going to be it's going to be a fun time. If you're not already paying attention to the monsters, like you should start. Is Coolman's going to be a monster next season, or does he got I more Wisconsin? So. Yes, um, he is. I clicked off my thing. Um, he finished the season with the monsters, I believe. Perfect. Um, yeah. So Great. yeah, so he'll be there. Um, he had a fine, a fine showing in the handful of games that he got. So I'm expecting him to take another step forward. Like they'll lose guys to the to the NHL, they always do. But the Blue Jackets have a prospect pool that is deep enough, I think. And here's the key: it's deep enough and it's European enough that they can do that. I feel like a lot of AHL teams or a lot of NHL teams, excuse me who have, like, CHL-heavy prospect pools, their AHL team is going to struggle to find the talent because um, that's why David Juracek got to play in the AHL as an 18-year-old, and that's why it's so rare to have an 18-year-old rookie because if you're North American and you played in the CHL, you can't play in the AHL until you're 20. That's just that's the rule. It's, it's a dumb rule, but that's, that's how it is. So I think the Blue Jackets and the Monsters specifically are going to really benefit from the European-heavy prospect pool that the Blue Jackets have. And anyone that's not going to be on the on the Blue Jackets this season, get ready for them to be on the Monsters. And it's going to be, I don't know, I just think it's going to be a lot of fun to, yeah, to watch I, this season. A lot of players that you and I have both talked about that we really like, like Josh Dunn's a guy that mm-hmm. uh, we really, really, I say, there I am saying my really, really is again. Uh, Josh Dunn's another player that we both enjoy watching play hockey. And I think there's something there with him. Carson Meyer, another player that I'm going to be keeping an eye on because it's another big time year for him. So, yeah, there's all kinds of different players that I'm looking forward to watching Cleveland. And if they have a record anything close to what they had last year, they'll be competing for the playoffs again. I'd love to see him get in the playoffs again because Cleveland, I went missed, to the. I believe by a single point. Dang. Dang, that Which hurts. I've, I've clicked off the standings now, but I believe that they needed the Laval Rocket to lose one game, <sighs> and they didn't lose that game. So it was a, the North Division is a tough division. Every team finished over five hundred, um, so it's it's gonna be it's gonna be an uphill climb. But yeah, and like I'm looking through the monsters, um, the monsters roster uh, for for last season, and like like you said, Josh Dunn, 
Uh, Jake Christensen spent a bunch of time with the big club. Emil Bemstrom could go either way. Uh, Carson Meyer, like you mentioned, Tyler Angle. Uh, I doubt they'll have, they won't get Kirill Marchenko back, but no. he was a guy <laughs> that spent some time with the Monsters this season. Uh, Marcus Bjork, they'll get back. Billy Sweezy will be there. Um, Cole Sillinger might be there. That's a big. Just changed his number today. Him, Did you see that? Doesn't. Did you see he changed his number today? Cole Sillinger. Did. Did. Cole Sillinger. New number, new him. He's he's coming. It's his comeback season. I um, love it. He changed yeah. from thirty-four to four. He dropped the three. I love it's that. That is Nina. like we just yeah. said yesterday. A number change can absolutely. I feel like do it for a player. Sometimes he he's going to be a living example. We'll see. Exactly. But yeah, so like I'm like I'm saying, there's a t- there's so many of these guys that I'm looking at the um the the scoring for the monsters. Like so many of these guys are gonna be back and so many of them spent time away from this team because the blue jackets needed them more. So it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. I feel like I've said that about 17 times in this section, but like if you if you are able to and you haven't yet, like take that trip up to Cleveland. It's like an hour and a half, like two hours if you're a slow driver. Um, support the Monsters. Support Ohio hockey, but like support the Monsters specifically because I think you want to get in on the ground floor of this team. And I don't think it's going to be as good as the 2016 team. Uh, but <laughs> new jerseys, new players, new look. It's going to be it's going to be exciting. Um, do you have anything else that you want to say about the Monsters or about the players that we covered today, Hayden? I'm just going to say that when the Cleveland Monsters do make the playoffs, it feels like an NHL team in that city. Like the the people in Cleveland really rally behind them and they'll pack that arena, which is just like awesome. Like it feels like you're at an NHL game when you go. And I want that for the city of Cleveland. I do. And I believe that they have the talent to do it. I think Yarmo has drafted all these guys. Yarmo's a very good drafter. So the AHL team should be solid. And I'm I'm really rooting for it. Yeah, look, that's that's the thing. We want we want the monsters to succeed. Uh, we want the blue jackets blue jackets to succeed as well. But if the blue jackets are succeeding and healthy, the monsters will also probably be succeeding. Um, but that's kind of all we've got for today. Uh, tomorrow we are going to be uh, answering that age old question that people seem to love to talk about: uh, Is Columbus a hockey town? Um, and I'm pretty sure that I know Hayden's answer. Uh, my answer might surprise you. But we'll talk about that tomorrow. Uh, I've been Jay Foster. You can find us on uh, me on Twitter at uh, underscore Jacob Foster, J-A-K-O-B-F-O-R-S-T-E-R. You can find Hayden over at HaydenH971 on Twitter. You can find the show at L-O underscore Blue Jacket. If you have comments, questions, criticisms, you can email us at LockedOnBlueJackets at gmail.com. Thank you once again for making us your first listen of the day every single day. Uh, Locked on Blue Jackets, it continues to be free and available on all podcast platforms. We're over on YouTube. We're on SiriusXM. And uh, we're going to be here all off season. Um, the the Lockdown Podcast Network uh, does allow us to have time off, uh, but Hayden and I have decided that uh, we're going to be doing five days a week, basically until we run out of content. So hopefully forever. Um, we'll be here for you Monday to Friday until the regular season starts. And after that, and uh, until tomorrow, make sure you stay locked on.